Hi friends and welcome to the Next More Thing podcast. I'm your host, Casey Anderson, your coach for thriving with anxiety, holding your hand as you define your spirituality and fall in love with your own personal development. In a world that rewards the constant hustle, we know the beauty in taking it steady and enjoying the ride. This is your sanctuary, your tranquil oasis, where we will explore the seemingly small yet profoundly impactful things that can make a big difference in our journey towards peace, joy, and fulfillment. In each episode, we will unravel the secrets of the mind, tap into the power of mindfulness, elevate our wellness, and embark on a spiritual journey together. You'll hear from incredible guests, and I'll share my own experience navigating this thing called life. One small thing today can change your entire life. So let's dive in and find out what's next for you. What's up, you guys? Welcome to this episode of the Next Small Thing podcast. I was about to say this week we are talking about sleep, but uh, you can all read, I'm guessing. So you probably know that from clicking on the episode. Um, But yes, the next small thing I'm inviting you to bring awareness to in your life is your sleep and whether it could be improved or perfected. If it's perfect as it is, please share with me what that looks like for you and, and how you got there because that's amazing. I think most of us definitely know we could perfect our sleep. Even if it's pretty good, it could always be better. Kind of like when you start on your personal development journey, you know things are good and or great, but they can just keep getting better and better as we change our relationship and the way we view our world and when we allow in spirituality as well. So before I dive in, I just wanted to, I don't have necessarily an update for what's going on for me, but something that's really come to my like sort of knowing this week, I guess, is the importance of rest. And I'm lucky enough to have some time off work over this Christmas. Uh, most of my, well, no, that's not true. A lot of my work history involved working even on Christmas Day when I worked with animals. Obviously, they need to be fed Christmas Day still and looked after. Um, and retail, obviously, you work right up till Christmas Eve, the next day, and I didn't really get much of a break, so I'm truly blessed to have some time off, and my partner has time off as well. But even if you are someone who works right through Christmas, I think it is even more important to find those little times of rest. Christmas can be like a time of year for getting together with friends and family, lots of, yeah, lots of social things, lots of cooking, planning, traveling. Or perhaps it could be a harder time of year for people. Maybe they don't have those events to go to, a family are far away. Maybe the relationships aren't aren't at a place where you want to spend time together. So it is a big time of year for almost anyone, I'd say. And it's so important to take whatever time we can to really go within, to allow space for our emotions, for what we're feeling, spend time with our breath out in nature, really grounding ourselves to allow us to be more present in whatever we're in or to allow us to better deal with if it's a more challenging time. We will be our best selves when we can honour whatever it is that fills us up from the inside. 
because then we're going to be our best selves um, when we are with others or in whatever we're doing. We need to fill up our own cups. And on person, like when you're in personal development or on a journey meeting goals of some kind, I think this is something I struggled with. I would feel sometimes guilty at the start or even recently like guilty if I'm not always doing something always moving forward seeing results every day or every week depending what sort of pro like goal it is but there and there's so much power in that rest time to come back to yourself replenish your energy find the fun and the creativity and also implement everything you've been learning and allow like almost you have to allow your energy to kind of catch up. We can't, we start to shift, shift what sort of energy we're putting out, but it takes time to, to get to those other levels. So we need to allow space for like our intuition to come in and to work out how we're feeling emotionally and what that's trying to tell us. And we don't want to miss out on, the little things with our families or friends or pets or just the little things in every day. We don't want to miss those because we're constantly moving forward and on the, on the go, really that masculine energy of hustle. Let's all take some time to be in that feminine energy of like flowy, go, creative, fun, gentle. Uh, we, we truly do need a balance of both and this is the perfect time of year to find that and spirituality has helped me a lot in that way because I can trust that everything is happening in perfect order so when I'm resting and fully getting what I need out of that rest so I'm not sitting there worrying about what I should be doing I'm actually like in the moment enjoying whatever it is or relaxing that is needed for the journey because that is you're exactly where you're supposed to be at any time so That's been very helpful for me. Maybe it will resonate with you. So sleep. I love sleep. That's probably one of the reasons I wanted to start with it so early in this podcast. But also it is just the foundation for like everything else. Um, So if you want to be doing your best every day, like you want to be your healthiest self, your smartest self, be making the best decisions, you need to start with your sleep because you can be doing all the fitness stuff, all the nutrition things, skincare, cold dip, whatever it is, even like the, the mental work, the inner work. If you are not getting enough sleep, there's no way around it. You're not going to be your best self. And I hate that. I don't even know where it came from. The phrase sleep is for the week. Like, no. Not getting enough sleep will literally make you weaker in so many ways. And this episode, I had to like reel it in a bit because there's so much, I could go on for so long about all of the problems not getting enough sleep could cause or all of the benefits there are when you get a good night's sleep and all of the things you can do to improve your sleep or that are making your sleep worse. And I was like, okay, no, we need just a few little things, a little figure, a little bit of, there's a little bit of science in there and data to say, like, give it an idea of like how much uh, a lack of sleep is affecting people. 
And then there's a lot of really small, simple, actionable steps that you can take to improve your sleep. Most of them are free, um, even just cutting things out. And I'll get to that towards the end of the podcast. But yeah, it's going to be a really, like there's a lot of action steps in here and you can just pick pick one or two even to start with. Don't become overwhelmed and try to go all in on all of these unless that's your style and for some people it probably is. But this is about the next small thing we can do to improve our wellness, our spirituality and our mind. So, yeah, with that in mind, why why start with sleep? Well, when you're asleep, your brain is actually working away a lot of the time. So there's different stages in sleep and during different stages, your brain is doing different things. Um, during sleep, it will conduct critical processes, like it will store your memories and everything that's happened throughout the day and other data, and it will repair both itself and the body. And when we're growing up, like for children and teens, it's even more critical for growth and development, but it's still critical for us as adults for growth and repair. And then it's also responsible for like, healthy hormone production, our immune responses, muscle recovery. There's so much happening when we're asleep that we just need on the day-to-day. And if you don't get enough sufficient sleep, you're more likely to have a poorer mood. You're going to be more irritable. You're going to be making poorer decisions because you don't have your full cognitive capacity. And if you struggle with any sort of anxiety, mental illness, it's likely going to be exacerbated. You're also, you're not going to have enough, as much energy. So you're not going to be performing at your best in whatever you're doing. Poorer relationships, like I could go on and on. Uh, I will just share a few studies I found about data and lack of sleep. They do mostly come out of the US. Um, They must have just more schools and stuff to put money into it. Um, But yes, so this is the US based. And if you want references, you can let, like message me and I'll give them to you. I didn't want to be here like Harvard referencing the scholarly articles these came from. Anyway, the lack of sl- a lack of sleep costs the US over $411 billion a year and 1.23 million working days a year. So that's how many days a year people aren't going to work cumulatively because they're not getting enough sleep. One in three adults don't get enough sleep. Almost 20%, so one-fifth of all car accidents and injuries are associated with drowsiness. Sleep deprivation increases the risk of obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and early mortality, just to name a few. It is like sleep deprivation is associated with a lot more health, like chronic health conditions than what I've just named. One in 10 Americans experience chronic insomnia. 50% of insomnia arises from mental conditions or psychological stress. 62% of adults feel they don't get enough sleep. So that's pretty alarming. I, I don't know if it's surprising though. You tell me. But why, why is our sleep so bad? Like people these days are sleeping far, far less than they used to a hundred years ago. And I think when we really get honest with ourselves and look around in the modern, like 
first world countries, it's pretty clear why we're not sleeping as well as people were in the past or as well as we could have been. So a few of the reasons we're not sleeping well, and I said before, 50% of insomnia arises from men- like mental conditions or such psychological stress. So stress. When we all have stress in our lives, jobs, bills, kids, relationships, that stress that our anxiety gives us, even though there's really nothing there, but it is there. It just likes to, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, And I think a lot of the time when we haven't implemented good ways to deal with our stress, really the first time we're alone with our thoughts the whole day is when we get into bed at night. So we're distracted all day, we're busy, we're getting work done, fitting in everything we can, and then it's not until our head hits the pillow we slow down and our mind is like, right, I have a few things to discuss with you, and it runs through like spiralling, going wild, thinking of all the possibilities and, oh, could you have done this differently and let's create a 12-step plan for how we're going to get through this and tomorrow's meeting hopefully it goes like this and planning all of this stuff, like while stress is inevitable, so many people don't have or aren't aware of how to have like the least stress in positive ways. So that stress builds up, it stays in our body, it, it manifests in physio- uh, physiological like conditions that then make it harder to sleep as well. And we spend time, yeah, laying in bed ruminating on things or we're waking up and then we're getting frustrated because that stress is coming out as our frustration. And it just it just builds up. And off of that, a lack of exercise. So exercise is one of the ways we remove stress from our body. Um, it produces endorphins as well, so happy hormones. It resets our circadian clock and in general improves our health, making it then easier to fall asleep but so many of us don't have that that outlet of moving our body and yeah it means our our sleep is affected poorly as a result another reason our our sleep could be not or could be bad it could be not as good as we would like is a poor diet or poor eating schedule so when we're eating lots of like sugar in the evening or even when we're eating close to bedtime, if you have a big meal before you go to bed, your body then needs to digest the food while you're asleep. So it can't spend that time doing the important healing or other system maintenance it needs to be doing. Um, So you're not going to be running as efficiently and it's one of the ways a lack of sleep can lead to obesity because we're not digesting as well, but we're also not healing as well. When you have a lack of sleep as well, you produce more of a hunger hormone. So throughout the day, you're going to be more likely to eat more often and as well because your brain hasn't been able to kind of do that repair, you're not making as good decisions and you don't have the energy to to kind of think more logically. It's like a – it's almost a – a survival mode. Um, so yeah, poor diet or eating times close to our bed. And then coffee and caffeine. So obviously coffee, caffeine wakes you up. So when we're having it close to bed we're, or in the afternoon, 
we're going to be struggling to fall asleep. Caffeine does stay in the bloodstream for a while. I can't remember the half-life, but it's hours. Ooh, I want to say eight hours, ten hours, but don't come for me if that's wrong. It's something like that, though, because I, when I heard it, I was like, okay, I really shouldn't be having coffee or caffeine after midday if I want to be getting to sleep around 9 or 10 p.m. And alcohol. So alcohol is a depressant. When it leaves our body, our body stimulates itself. So this doesn't allow you, if you have a drink or a few drinks before you go to bed, you never get into a deep sleep, which is where your body does the healing in those later, deeper stages. Um, You're just constantly in that like lighter sleep. You're more likely to wake up and fall asleep more often and you never get that repair healing sleep, which we need. Uh, that's in saying that there is some red wine that has like melatonin in it, but in general, keeping it simple, alcohol is a depressant. And when it leaves your body, you're going to be stimulated and you're not going to get that deep sleep. And you might say, oh, but when I have a few drinks, my head just hits the pillow and I fall asleep. Yes, that might be true because you're almost passing out, but yeah, it's not that deep sleep. It's a really light, like I think if we're being really honest with ourselves, we wake up the next day after a few drinks, we're not only hungover, we kind of feel like shit because we never sleep well. Um, uh, scrolling on our phones as well. So there's a few reasons this really isn't good for our sleep or screens before, right before bedtime. Um, this, the bright screens are activating your visual cortex. So keeping your brain active and like moving and harder to kind of wind down. Also, whatever we're consuming, it's, it's sending us a lot of emotions and sometimes a lot of dopamine. So if you're watching TikTok before bed, like you're getting really quick hits of dopamine right before sleep, your body's not going to want to then just shut off and go into a relaxed state. You might be looking at social media, seeing these things and whatever feelings you're getting, that's more things for your brain to, to kind of process. So it's really just, it's taking us away from that that period where we want to actually be winding down and it's keeping us stimulated and and awake. Um, and But right before bed, right before sleep is so important because there's actually a hypnotic state bef- before you fall asleep and during that first light sleep phase. Also when we wake up, as you're kind of coming up, waking up, like sort of dozing, still asleep, not really. That state is called hypnosis and your mind is more responsive to suggestion in hypnosis. So what your mind is hearing, what you're telling yourself, your brain, your mind is more likely to hold on to the information and believe it, take it as fact during that hypnosis stage. So if you are looking at social media and comparing yourself to others or worrying about certain things or... I don't know what it might be, what those emotions are going to feel a lot heavier because you're in that state and it's, yeah, you're just going to believe them a bit easier than if you'd looked at it, say, another time. So it's this isn't in the action steps later, but it is so important to have that time before bed and after waking where 
we don't immediately go to our screen and instead maybe we practice some gratitude or we meditate or journal, something that's going to reinforce in our mind the positive feelings that we want, positive emotions, positive self-talk. That is a perfect time to be saying your affirmations, whatever they might be. And this also becomes relevant with another problem in sleep, and this is something I have personally, it's a realisation I've had recently because I used to, and it's maybe helpful to give some context, the job I work, my schedule changes pretty often, and sometimes there's days where I don't finish till 7.30 at night, but I have to be at work 5.30 the next day. Or I do night shift, and then I have to like coming back to my regular schedule after night shift. So that's the context. In those two situations, I had a really, I had a habit of going to bed and I'm stressed about how my sleep routine is changing. So I'm laying there and I'm finding it really difficult to sleep and I'm telling myself I'm going to feel like crap tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to suck why can't I sleep? This is so frustrating. All I need to do right now is sleep and I'm stuck here and I just, I'm frustrated. I hate this. I get, I would get super emotional. A lot of the time I would start crying because I'm just so frustrated and I can't seem to, I can't seem to come like stop that spiral of my mind about how, how bad I'm going to feel and how tomorrow is basically a write-off. Like I may as well not even bother with it because it's going to be so horrible. Like it was, yeah, (laughs) good old anxiety. Um, But, yeah, when I was saying all those things to myself, I'm saying them in a state where I'm about to fall asleep. And, of course, because I'm telling myself I'm going to have a bad day tomorrow, I would have a bad day the next day because my brain believes it. My mind believes it. My mind's going to wake up with those same thoughts I went to sleep with and they're going to manifest throughout my day as like low mood, low energy, just just not someone you want to be around, <laughs> even like myself. Um, we, yeah, really want to be careful, not careful, just mindful during that that time before and after sleep about what we're telling ourselves and really practice. So in that situation now, I completely realize I was just kind of working myself up. And now in those situations where I'm changing my sleep routine, I need to wake up a lot earlier than what I did the next, the previous day. I lay there and I, I notice how comfortable I am how nice my bed is, how cool the room is, how much I love my pillow, telling myself I'm going to have an amazing day tomorrow, I'm going to feel great, I'm going to wake up and have so much energy, I'm going to feel so much vitality, I'm going to, even if I only get six hours sleep, I can do it, I've done it before, like that sort of thing. It's much more positive way of dealing with the situation and then also meditating bringing my awareness back to my breath just for like noticing the in and the out paying attention to the whole breath cycle yes the thoughts come back and they might they might go off in a negative direction for a little bit but just note it bring it back it's okay 
you're doing what you can and you were going to fall asleep and tomorrow doesn't have to be a write-off just because you don't get eight hours sleep to the top. Um, nine is actually my magic number. Um, I have been trying to work with eight, but anyway, um, yeah, hopefully that will help. Um, and I don't share all of these things that might be impacting your sleep, like to overwhelm you, make you feel hopeless or whatever. Like this is just the reality of the world we live in and the, the technology we're exposed to and, and the habits we have kind of developed and it's yeah when we're comfortable of course it's it's really hard to change those habits but by bringing some awareness having this knowledge under your belt like you you have the power to make some decisions and some changes and they can be they can be small we like small things and they can be really powerful like give them yeah give them a chance i guess so when i share these action steps there's a few don't think you need to do all of them every single day to make to make your sleep better um focus on what feels good one or two change it up at each day if that feels better like whatever 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 wellness or spirituality that comes your way make it work for you because it's your life yeah very wise i am um i also just want to preface and i'm it's pretty clear i'd say not i'm not a doctor and like there are a lot of actual sleep disorders out there. So if you're trying to better your sleep or really struggling with anxiety and stuff, of course, consult a doctor. But these are things pretty much everyone can do. And yeah, hopefully you see some results. So number one, to improve or perfect your sleep, get clear on why you want better sleep. Because you want to know your why when you want to watch that extra episode on Netflix or when you want to snooze the alarm in the morning or sleep sleep an extra couple of hours instead of getting up early. Like, yes, the it can get hard when we're implementing new, new habits, new routines. So get clear on your why. Is it because you want to have more energy and feel better? Is it because you want to live longer? So you can have more time with your family. Do you want to be performing better at work, have a better mood, better decisions, better sex, like whatever it is, get clear on your intention and have it ready somewhere where when you are thinking about pressing next episode um, or having that extra drink before bed or that extra coffee after lunch, like you can, you can say, no, I, this is my why and you can stick to it. Always have your why. And yeah, I won't make that one any more, any more complex than it is. Number two, the things you can avoid. And we've talked about why you want to be avoiding these, but screens, 30 minutes before bed. And I mean, as long as you can really in the morning, a lot of people say an hour is ideal, but t five, 10 minutes, I'm sure it's going to be some benefit, 20, 30 minutes. Again, make it work for you, but do allow that time before bed and after waking up to not use your phone. Also put your phone on do not disturb or even better out of the room while you sleep. If your phone is going off throughout the night with notifications, it could be interrupting your sleep and you're not getting that deep sleep you need for healing. 
So, and if you need certain people to be able to reach you, I don't know, give them a home phone if that exists anymore. My parents have one, but that's the only person I know. Uh, or you can set it on your settings so certain people can reach you if you need. Um, but yeah, do not disturb. I have mine on do not disturb for like an hour before bed so that I'm not tempted to like look up what is happening or and set your alarm that before you put on do not disturb and then just like you're done with it for the day and you're not checking it until tomorrow. Um, also avoid caffeine from sort of, yeah, at least a few hours before bed, ideally sort of that early afternoon lunchy time. Avoid large meals before bed, sugar and alcohol. Uh, three, and I think this is going to come up in almost any sort of action steps I'll ever come up with for when you want to be improving things, exercise. And it can be as little as 15 minutes a day. Ideally, it's more, but if all you've got is 15 minutes, that is that is amazing. Go with it. Even as little as one to two weeks of consistent exercise has been shown to help you sleep. So you're going to be getting those positive endorphins. You're going to be removing stress from the body. You're going to be feeling better about yourself. You're going to be out in nature or around other people working out at the gym. Like there are so many benefits to exercise and I'm sure you hear everywhere that there's something to it. And I thought for a long time, no, no, I'm not that person. I don't exercise like I don't want to, but honestly, life-changing and so simple, so good for your health. I'll stop piping on about it now, but it really is just so helpful for so many things in life. Uh, Number four, how can we improve our sleep? Create an evening routine and a sleep environment that you're in love with. Like, yes, you're putting your phone away for X amount of time before bed. What are you doing in that time? You could be meditating. You could be journaling, practicing gratitude, playing a board game with your partner, doing a puzzle, doing some yoga or stretching, taking a bath, doing your skincare, having a tea. Find things that work for you that you love and just repeat it every night. Make it the same. Make the bedtime as similar as you can. The more, like your brain learns through repetition. So the more you do this routine, the more it's like, oh, okay, we, we do this. We do yoga. We have a bath. We do a puzzle. We meditate. Then we go to sleep. And it's just going to, it's going to start to know that. And that's going to be really easy the more you do it. And you're also going to look forward to it every day. So it's going to be easier to say no to to that extra drink or to like stop, turn off Netflix a little bit earlier or whatever your thing is. Mine isn't Netflix most of the time. Um, Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna make it so much easier. And you also want to elevate, make your sleep environment somewhere you love as well. So. Yes, it's a little bit of money, but we do spend a third of our life asleep, which is just wild. Um, So invest in like good quality sheets and a mattress and pillows that are really comfortable that you want to be sleeping in and make the room cool. It actually, we need to lower our body temperature to fall asleep. So you want to be in a cool room. You don't want like the heater blasting. Um, 
if you can, you an open window is great so this the air is fresh and like kind of circulating. It doesn't become stale. Um, clean your bedside table and under the bed because like your your inner environment is really affected by your external environment. So if like you've got lots of clutter on your bedside table and under your bed, like you're going to feel that when you're there and it's going to feel icky. It's not going to feel comfortable and relaxing. So get rid of it. Keep what you want there. Um, Yeah, minimal, clean, tidy aesthetic makes you feel good, whatever that is. And don't bring any work or any bills or any stresses into the bedroom. So leave it outside. Don't do your, don't study in your bed. Make your bed like your, your safe haven where you love to be. And then finally, really pay attention to the self-talk you have around sleep and the feelings you have around sleep. So when you go to work in the morning, are you telling people you slept like shit? Or are you saying, yeah, I feel pretty good, got a good night rest? And are you going to bed like, oh, I wish I slept better? Or are you saying, I get enough rest, I have a beautiful bed, I I can relax, I, I love sleeping, I feel so much better after a good night's sleep, I prioritise sleep. Be aware of what you're telling yourself about sleep and your relationship with it and really bring that those positive affirmations, whatever they are. And particularly in that time, just before you fall asleep. So yeah, that is everything for this episode. Just to summarize those action steps, get clear on why you want better sleep, get your clear intention, avoid screens before bed, caffeine, large meals, sugar, alcohol, exercise, create an evening routine, and fall in love with it and your sleep environment and transform your self-talk into positive beliefs about how well you sleep and your relationship with sleep. So again, don't try to do all of those things tonight. Just pick, pick a few things and sort of, yeah, try them out for a little while, not just once. These things are uh, things that require repetition. So Give them a few goes and see how your relationship, your quality of sleep changes. And let me know. I want to give you my biggest thanks for spending your time with me. If you would like to join me on a journey of small things towards life-changing transformation, please take just a moment to follow this podcast on your preferred platform and leave a five-star review. It would mean so, so much to me. I am so excited to continue to grow this podcast and to join you on your own mindset, wellness, and spiritual path. Your support is so valuable in helping me spread the word. You can find me on my socials, links in the description. Talk soon.